everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. So the drama that I have chosen to talk about today is from 2015 and it is called Who Are You School 2015 or in Korean Who Are You Hakyo 2015. Um, I adored this drama. I'm pretty sure I watched it when it came out but I can't even remember now but I have re-watched it since then potentially multiple times. I can't quite remember. Um, I just I love it. I really really adore it. Um, anyone who's been listening to this podcast uh, will know that probably my favorite Korean drama genres I suppose would be all the historical stuff the sagok stuff and then all the youth dramas this drama was particularly interesting for me because I feel like it was the first time I kind of dipped my toe into melodrama a little bit um, and obviously I love Kim So Hyun the lead actress in this so much so I just I adore this show I think it is so cool so interestingly enough, this is part of the school series. So these kind of series of K-drama, each season is completely standalone um, and really wildly different in tone. But this was actually the sixth installment in the school series. And the very first one, which I haven't watched, uh, came out in 1999. So school one, 1999. School two, uh, also 1999, but uh, going over into 2000, school three, 2001, school four, 2002. And then the one that I think uh, was maybe more after I'd started watching school 2013 came out. So I remember watching School 2013 while it was airing and it was sort of like, I guess, a revitalization of this school series. And um, since then, you know, we've kind of had them fairly regularly, but it was a really big deal too because it was starring Lee Jong-suk and Kim Woo-bin. And I think kind of before they both kind of hit their mega stardom, which they have now, particularly Lee Jong-suk, who's just insanely famous. Um, I didn't get through school 2013. It, it's a very dark show, which isn't bad. I don't mind that at all. I even think, you know, the one I'm talking about today is quite dark as well. But school 2013 was quite relentlessly bully focused and it's just a completely personal taste thing. But there, in the end, the kind of, there wasn't really a romance in it. And it just sort of disappeared. And I was really looking forward to that element of it, I suppose. It's probably one of the, the main elements that draws me to youth drama is those kind of like first love coming of age themes. I really love that stuff. So this drama was absent of that, but had this very relentless kind of vicious bullying stuff. Um, I really love Kim Woo-bin. So I do remember I really tried to push through that drama for him, but it didn't quite work in the end. So I think I saw most of it, but I, I couldn't pull through to the end. Um, I'm pretty sure I watched Who Are You School 2015, which is the one I'm talking about today, starring Kim Sohan while that was airing. Um, and mainly I went towards that one just because of her. I love her so much as an actress. She's so wonderful. So I watched that for her. But in the end, I just loved the show. And then the last installment we've had since then is School 2017, um, which I also re really enjoyed. But I feel like I only watched a couple of episodes and I don't really know 
why I stopped, to be honest, um, because I was quite enjoying it. So I, I really feel kind of strongly that I want to go back and <laughs> try that one again, because I do remember particularly being very taken by the lead actress in it. She's very, very charming. And I did really enjoy the whole thing. So I think I probably will go back and maybe give that another go. And also, oh my gosh, I'm just looking at the cast list now. So it's got Soji Hoon, who is just starred in, um, or, you know, second male lead in Joseon Marriage Agency, The Flower Crew one. Uh, so I think his star is rising, but he's clearly just a little weirdo side character in this. It also stars, or, you know, as a side character in School 2017, had Ro Woon, uh, who's like a K-pop dude, but is currently starring in Extraordinary You, and he is just, like, he's golden. It. He's so good. Um, Oh my gosh, it's also got Jung Dong Yoon, who is currently starring in The Tale of Noctu, who I didn't even pick that this was him in school 2017. I He plays the second male lead and I fucking hated him in this drama. I hated him so much and he is just so good. He's killing it in Tale of Noctu, which is currently airing as I record this in 2019. So that's very interesting. And I can see it's also got an actress, Sol Inar, who I was talking about last week on the show. She's currently starring in Beautiful Love, Wonderful Life, and she is wonderful in that. So clearly the cast of School 2017 is just absolutely stacked. That is unbelievable. Oh, so many rising stars in that one. So anyway, that's absolutely not what I'm here to talk about today. So um, I'm going to get into uh, my 10 reasons to love school, uh, who are you school 2015 and stop confusing you guys with all the other schools that have been and gone. <laughs> So the number one reason for me to love Who Are You School 2015 is definitely the lead actress, Kim So-hyun. Um, <laughs> I've said this a million times, but she's my favorite. I love her very much. I think, you know, she's so young and yet she's such a good actress. Like she's really very talented at acting. On top of that, it's just been kind of really interesting to watch her grow up from her childhood roles in things like The Moon Embracing the Sun and then, you know, see her kind of graduate to lead actress territory you know back in 2015 the whole school stuff was more what she was doing and then now she's playing adults but still teens in dramas as well but I just think she's really fantastic so I she's just one of those actresses I will follow around to anything and definitely she was the reason that I watched this um, particularly because I probably didn't enjoy the previous school installment in the k-drama series very much. And um, I probably wouldn't have been as keen to check out this next one if it hadn't been starring Kim So-hyun. Um, so I'll talk about her character and stuff a bit more as I go through my 10 reasons to love this show. But definitely um, number one for me is her. She's just wonderful in this. And, you know, she's very young. Like she's grown up a lot just in the last few years since this came out. So she's still got such a cute little baby face. Number two reason to love this show is the fact that it is a melodrama and a mystery. This was really different. Um, there's still a lot of sort of vicious bullying and that underbelly of, you know, scary underbelly of high school kind of themes in this show, which I think has been a major focus of this kind of school series going back. Um, but I feel like this one takes a really different kind of approach because of particularly the mystery, but it does have this really angsty melodrama aspect, which is, it's kind of a funny thing. I think the word melodrama, you know, when it comes to media, like shows and stories, it kind of has a bad rep. Um, maybe that's a Western thing. I don't know. Um, but I think people kind of think that that's like overly dramatic. And I guess in some ways there is an element of that, but melodrama to me, I have realized from watching Korean dramas that are melodramas, you know, it's just about embracing that side of, um, you know, not being overly dramatic, but this darker, miserable side of emotion and, you know, really creating and exploring these just impossible conflicts and conundrums where these characters are just so trapped. And there is a lot of misery, I guess, in these kind of melodramas, but 
it's also very, very angsty. And when it comes to, you know, a character's growth journey or say a love story, and there's just so many obstacles in their way before they can reach happiness. There's something about that, that I, I do really enjoy. And I think it's because it's just so emotional, you know, it's like, it's not like an action drama where everything is flashy and a little bit more um, surface level. Like melodramas really dig deep into the minutia of emotion. And yeah, a lot of that's very dark, but it's also very moving. And it means that you end up watching a show that makes you feel so much. And I love that for me in terms of stories. And I've said this before, emotion always trumps every other aspect of a story, like even (laughs) plot to me. Um, I can deal with a plot that has plot holes, but I cannot deal with an emotional like character journey or character growth or love story that has like emotional holes, like has emotions in it that don't make sense or doesn't have the right emotions. Like the characters are feeling things that they wouldn't really feel, stuff like that. So for me, a melodrama like this is really good and it's something I never knew I think that I liked before I think this drama the only melodrama like Korean melodrama I'd really watched was probably um Baker King Tim Kim Takgu, oh my gosh, that's like such a tongue twister of a drama, which stars Yoon Ji Yoon and was just a massive hit back in the day. Um, I watched the whole thing, there's something like fucking 30 episodes of that crazy show and it's, that one's like a proper, I think they call the mukjung kind of melodrama, was this one... School 2015 is, you know, it's a youth melodrama. So it's it's kind of leaning more on those very angsty youth emotions, but not in a frivolous way where it's very frustrating because the characters are all overly dramatically reacting to things. Like the things the characters are being angsty about in this drama are proper conflicts. They're really difficult decisions they have to make with no clear or easy answers. So that element of an angsty melodrama show, I just just adored. The other thing I love is the mystery. So this whole show is absolutely a really moody, dark, gritty mystery, but, you know, mixed in with angsty teen stuff and all the the angsty, you know, kind of love triangle stuff that we know and love from these kind of youth K-dramas. So I I just thought that was such a wonderful mix. Um, And I think the mystery in this is like, it's very hooky. It really makes you want to watch um so yeah I think that's it for number two I'm gonna move on to number three number three reason to love this show is kind of a continuation of my number two reason. So I love how dark this show is kind of willing to go. And I think it's an interesting kind of tonal thing that K-dramas do where they can shift from very light, cute, say romantic banter and love triangle kind of stuff. And then, you know, really descend into some very dark and deep themes, particularly in these youth dramas where they often explore, you know, bullying, and suicide and parental pressure and you know that pressure of um you know doing really well at exams and and you know maybe that kind of yeah parental pressure kind of stuff that we see so often in these shows um and this this drama is no exception like it really delves deep and I loved how dark it was willing to go so I'll tell you a bit about the story under this one so Basically, Kim So Hyun plays this really beautiful young teenager called Eunbi. So Eunbi lives in this kind of like coastal seaport uh, city and she lives at an orphanage and she's sort of the oldest girl at the orphanage and she really loves all the younger kids there and she really, really carefully takes care of them all and offers them a lot of love. She's like really sweet and charming and very quiet and clearly very lonely. Um, at school, at her local high school, she is just getting bullied relentlessly by a group of mean girls led by one particular girl called Soyoung. Um, so young is played by an actress called Jo Soo Hyung, um, who she's amazing in this. Like she's vicious and poisonous and evil and you really do hate her, but she's the actress does such a good job. I have seen her in other things where she's, you know, utterly charming and lovely, <laughs> but she's pretty awful in this. Um, but I think that's because the actress does obviously do such a good job. 
But the bullying is very, very scary. And it really, I think it really toes the line. It's not just like name calling. It is physical and emotional abuse. And all this awful, awful stuff happens. And obviously the bully girl, so young, um, you know, she has rich family. She has like a big connections with her dad but you know she has daddy issues too as well um, which we explore later in the drama but at this point at the beginning at least she's just sort of a one note mean girl um, and she really pushes Unbe to the absolute edge of her endurance and it is so sad to see there's just like some stuff that's really creepy about it when you know so young and her mean girls all kind of corner unbe in the classroom and it's like everyone knows in this classroom but no one does anything because they don't want to be the next unbe they don't want to be targeted next and there's points where they look like they're trying to strip her and film her and just humiliate her and physically and emotionally abuse her so like it's quite hard to watch um um, and it's very distressing because Unbi is such a sweet, lonely girl. And you already know from her background, like she's an orphan living in this orphanage that she's obviously had a hard life, you know, but she's also trying to do the right thing and trying to be kind and a good person. And I think that's the kind of thing that can come across as, you know, obviously that can be super cheesy, like, oh, it's the candy type, I suppose, you know, you work hard and you have a smile on your face. Um, but I think the difference with Umbi is there's this melancholy beneath her cheerfulness, you know, she puts on a cheerful face and she really loves these kids that she looks after, but she isn't happy. She She's very adrift and very alone. And I think that's why she does crack under this pressure from these, these bully girls. And she ends up on this, you know, massive overpass bridge overlooking the river and she jumps off and it is dark. It's really really sad um immediately you like unbe a lot so seeing her get to the point where she is going to kill herself is very upsetting um so now i'm going to go into my reason number four and i will also continue what the actual story is about So my reason number four to love the K-drama Who Are You School 2015 is the twin setup. So the whole twin thing is the main, I guess, story point of the whole drama. It is certainly what the mystery revolves around. So as the drama starts and we watch Unbi struggling and having such a difficult time, um, in, you know, in her life in the orphanage and she gets to the point where she's going to jump off this bridge, we also see another girl called Eun-byo, who obviously looks exactly the same as Eun-by because she's also played by the actress Kim So-hyun. So this is her identical twin sister who lives in Seoul, who lives in a really nice, you know, richy house. And she has this really lovely, loving mother who takes care of her. And she goes to a really posh school. And I, one thing I really loved about the twin setup, and I guess, you know, obviously they had to do it so we could tell the difference between the two girls, but I quite like that Unbyol is she's a meanie you know she's like she kind of rules the school and she's quite harsh and blunt she's not fully like a bully but she she's pretty intense but in a way I suppose that when you see her juxtaposed against you know her sweeter quieter sister Unbi and you see Unbi getting bullied so relentlessly and then you see Unbyol who is able to just blast through anyone and stand up for herself and she just takes no shit ever um it's quite a nice difference I really liked it um so we see her with her friend group and she has you know a bunch of girls that she's really close with and she sort of rules them a little bit and then she obviously has her this boy that she's grown up with um called Han Yan played by Nam Ju Hyok who is you know like sort of her best friend but basically she's just really mean to him all the time and he is obviously hopelessly in love with her and is getting nowhere with that um and basically all these kids from this really rich posh school in Seoul come down to this coastal seaport city and there's something going on with Anbyol she is something she's getting harassed someone is like contacting her something weird's going on so this is the beginning of the mystery she is distressed and frightened and she looks like she wants to escape and so 
What happens basically is when Umbi jumps off the bridge, someone jumps in to save her and she washes up on the shore and gets taken to hospital. And meanwhile, her twin, Unbyol, has gone missing off the face of the earth. And so all her schoolmates and everyone are looking for her. They're out looking for her. And instead they find Unbi washed up on the shore wearing basically, you know, similar outfit or whatever. And she gets taken to hospital. And when she wakes up, Unbi has no memory. And all she sees is Unbyol's adoptive mother, thinking that it's her daughter, Unbyol. This is really confusing with the names. Um, and Unbyol's mother from Seoul is just so happy to have her daughter back and she doesn't care that her daughter can't remember anything. And so I loved the way that Unbi just slides into Unbyol's life. And what's also really cool about it is no one realizes that Unbyol has just disappeared because as far as everyone knows, yeah, she fell in the river or jumped off or whatever the fuck she did. I don't know. And, you know, she's got amnesia and everyone is just working with her to bring her memories back. But of course, they're not coming back because it's actually Unbi and she is surrounded by things she's never seen before. But also the sweetness of seeing Unbi suddenly be, you know, embraced by someone who claims to be her mother and just the utter relief that Umbi has to suddenly have a mum is so sad and so moving and just such a good setup. You know, Umbi, although at this point she doesn't remember anything, this is the life that she has always dreamed of. She just wants to be loved and she wants to be wanted. And suddenly she wakes up and that is exactly what she has. But the sad thing is that her mother you know, this new soul mother, I'll call her soul mother, I suppose, um, you know, she doesn't even realize that her true daughter is just gone, which is scary. My number five reason to love this K-drama is the love triangle. Um, I love a good love triangle and I hate a bad love triangle. I think this is a great love triangle. I think it's done really well because there is just so much conflict um, between, you know, I guess Unbe following her heart and choosing who she wants to choose. There are just so many different layers and that all comes down to the mistaken identity of her as her sister. So basically what happens is Unbi goes back with her soul mother. Um, I wish I, let, let me look, look up this, this lady's name so that I don't have to keep calling her that. <laughs> Migyong. Maybe I'll just call her mum. So Unbi goes back to Seoul with her mum, her fake mum, and she just begins living Unbyol's life. She begins living her sister's life. And no one is the wiser, including Unbi herself. She doesn't remember anything. She doesn't remember school. She doesn't remember her friends, but everyone knows it. So they just sort of embrace her. They look after her. They make a lot of comments about how she's different, how she used to be. And these comments begin kind of going in the direction of, wow, you're a lot nicer than you used to be. You're a lot kinder. You're a lot easier to be with. Like we kind of maybe like your new personality more than your old one. So it's really interesting and it's lovely for Unbi to be embraced, but it's also kind of heartbreaking that for Unbyol and, you know, that her friends are embracing Unbi in, in the way that they are, I think, even though obviously Unbyol is just gone and we don't know what's even happened to her. So at this school, this boy, Han Yan, played by Nam Joo-hyuk, is the best friend of Eun-byol. And he begins hitting on Eun-by and trying to, you know, just be the way that they've always been. And he's obviously totally into her. And Eun-by is just blown away to be treated so preciously by this, you know, really good looking, really nice, really popular boy who just clearly loves her and treats her really nicely. And, you know, they just do a lot of friend stuff together. And she's just never had any sort of friends or connection like that before. And she just, I think it's very quickly that she just adores him, you know, because he's lovely. But the problem is that little by little, Unbi starts to wake up 
And she, in the end, realizes the truth. She remembers that she is unbe, she is not unbyo. And um, <laughs> that leads to all sorts of problems. Uh, so there's a big, long sort of section of the drama dealing with the fallout of that. And it is sad and it is awful. But where it ends up is that when the mother realizes what's going on, another body washes up and everyone thinks that Unbyol has died. She is drowned in the river. And the mother is like... <sighs> That is so shit, but we've already in this situation that Unbi can pretend to be Unbiol and get this beautiful life. And she doesn't want to send Unbi back to the orphanage and just, you know, have to live with the fact that her daughter's died and now she's alone. So mum instead takes Unbi in and says, from now on, you will just live as Unbiol, which is... In the drama, I think they do it in a really good way that you do feel like that's the best solution in this instance, even though, you know, it's kind of bonkers, but it does totally make sense. But of course, the pressure going forward on Unbi, you know, she finally, after all these years of being so lonely, has everything she wanted, but she has to pretend to be her sister. She constantly has this shadow of her sister over her. And then she feels guilty you know when her best friends her sister's best friends are now treating her like a best friend she feels bad because as far as she knows her sister is dead and then when you know this beautiful guy Han Yan starts hanging out with her and being best friends with her and she wants so badly to sink into that sort of relationship with him and just have him as her best friend and be happy but she feels so guilty because he doesn't know the truth and it's it's a big kind of lie really that she's living so this is where the love triangle kind of comes into it. There's this other dude in school called Taeguang. And Taeguang has, you know, he's really rich. He has big, rich dad and daddy issues and his dad's real mean and all that kind of stuff. And so this is the point where pretty much every single person who was watching this drama in the history of drama watching all jumped on the Taeguang ship because he's sort of like the bad boy and he's very cool and, you know, he's really good looking and he's really great. But because I have that whole rich guy, poor guy kind of weird thing going, um, obviously I stayed on the Han Yan or Nam Ju Hyuk ship because he's like, you know, this really poor guy who lives in this little hovel with his dad and you know apparently that's just my thing <laughs> so anyway the thing about Taeguang is him and Eunbyo the sister never got along ever but suddenly every sort of interaction that Taeguang is having with Eunbi who is pretending to be her sister is really positive they kind of share these moments where they're able to be quite honest with each other and he immediately becomes very interested in her because she's completely changed and suddenly she's just a nice person and she's nice to him. And he has a lot of his own problems. So that, I guess, moments of human connection means a lot to him. And for her, suddenly Taeguang is the only person around her that she doesn't have to pretend with because he didn't know the sister very well. He never knew what she was like. So she doesn't have to pretend to be a certain way or hang out with someone who has preconceived notions or was a friend of her sister's. Suddenly, Taeguan becomes her friend, Unbi's friend, and she can rely on him to, she never tells him the full truth, but she tells him things, you know, like honest things that she's lying to everyone and that she's a liar and she's she can say things to him that she's just not able to say to anyone else so he becomes this very very precious friend because he's the only person that she can be her proper self around without guarding everything she does and it's very sad because obviously Taeguang uh, he connects the dots and he figures out what the fuck is going on and he obviously falls in love with her but Unbi has Really, throughout the whole drama, her heart has already gone towards Han Yan. And I think that's just to do with the kindness that he shows her. But obviously the conflict there is that, yes, he's in love with her, but it's because he thinks that she's her sister. So very angsty. My number six reason to adore this drama is Namju Huck. So I am, I'm not like a crazy, crazy fan of his, um, but 
I guess, you know, some of my favorite, favorite dramas, he is actually the main male lead and I do really like him. Um, I wouldn't follow him around drama land, I think, but if he's cast in something I'm interested in, I'm very, very happy about it. I think he's really good. I think he got a lot of slack for his acting in this one, maybe. And then it was more um, weightlifting fairy Kim Bokju that he kind of broke out and everyone was like, yeah, he does deserve to be a leading man. But I really like him in this. I think he's very good. Um, he also is just so young in this. You know, he has such a little baby face. Like, it's like, <laughs> you know, when you watch American shows and they're about teenagers and every single actor, like the dudes are all like 35 and huge, big, muscly, fully developed adult men. Well, this is like Namjoo Hyuk, he looks like a teen boy. Um, you know, he's a very good looking, very charming, but he is a teen boy and he has a big baby face on him. Um, so I, I really like him in this. I think he's probably a little bit raw, but he's very charming and likable. I also think his character is... In a lot of ways, other than maybe Unbi, who is obviously the one who has to live the lie and do all these, you know, just lie all the time. Really, Han Yan, he is the other character who faces the most difficult situations and conflict and just the most terrible choices. Because what happens is he, you know, when Unbi comes back, so she has like this slightly different personality and he likes her. You know, she stops being mean to him all the time. She starts treating him with care. She obviously, you know, thinks that he's special and precious. And suddenly, you know, they're getting along better than they used to. And he even says things like, you know, I, I think I like the way you are now since the accident better than before, which is, you know, the best thing that Unbi could hear, but also the most heartbreaking because he doesn't know that the girl that he was in love with is dead. Like, it's so terrible. It's just such a terrible situation. So I really, like, I think I really liked him and I was really on the ship of him as a love triangle just because of how impossible it was. Like, I just couldn't figure out how they could make it work. Because little by little, Yian starts realizing that things are strange you know that something's going on I'm I can't quite remember I think there's a scene where Unbi's talking about you know a scar she has and she says it was you know from this time that she fell off a bike or something and he just he knows it's not true because he knows her their whole lives they've grown up really close um so he starts getting all these little things and he's also really weirded out by this new kind of really strong friendship that Umbi has with, you know, the bad boy Tegwang. And what's going on there and he doesn't quite understand, you know, like his whole life it's just been him and, you know, this girl, Unbyol, and suddenly there's this other guy kind of hovering around and it really raises his hackles. Like he he is in love with this girl, so he's trying to like, you know, keep being the main person in her life, I suppose. But he knows there's something that she is unable to talk to him about. And it's all very confusing for him. So I loved when he finds out the truth. He realizes that Unbi, you know, isn't Unbiol and it's someone new, that he's been spending his time with someone new. And I really liked it. I liked his reaction. I felt like it was very realistic, you know, that he is very, very angry because he has been lied to for, you know, weeks and weeks and months by this point. And it is just so heartbreaking and gut-wrenching, you know, as far as he knows, this other girl's gone. And the guilt, the guilt he has at the idea that this girl that he was in love with his whole life is dead and he didn't even fucking notice. And instead, he decided he liked the new version of her better. Like, if there isn't a more like angsty conflict to have in a love triangle than that, I don't know what it is. So like even just Yan's guilt at this situation means that he can't be near Unbi anymore because he feels like he has completely betrayed this girl that he grew up with. Like he feels like such a shit human being. And yet he does like Unbi. He likes her. And it's just the most awful situation for him, but also really angsty and wonderful for me when I'm watching it. <laughs> um, and then towards the end, there's one thing about this drama that I don't love, um, which I will talk about at the end, but the sister Unbiol turns out to surprise, not be dead and pops back up. And she goes to see Yan and she kind of like 
plays with him. She kind of pretends to be Unbi at first and then, you know, he realizes that it's actually Unbi all and that she isn't fucking dead. And Yan just, he is so angry. Like he just explodes with anger and it's almost like she doesn't even get why he's upset. And I just felt so bad for him. He has just been put through the ringer emotionally in such an intense way and, you know, been made to feel so much guilt. And he's just so angry at having been put in this situation. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. And I thought it was handled really, really well. I felt like Yeon's reactions to the big reveals in the drama were just spot on. Like the amount of time and fallout it took for him to come to terms with, you know, the two big reveals, which is Unbi is actually, you know, not the girl he grew up with. And then that Unbiol comes back from the dead. I loved the way he reacted. I hate when you're watching a show and something really big happens, like emotionally massive, and the characters don't have the fallout or react the way that they should. And it can completely blow a whole show. You know, if, if something really big happens and the character just sort of shrugs it off and gets on with things and you're like, they would never do that. That would be, you know, that would be crippling to that character. They need time to process it and go through it. So I really thought the writers did very well with Yan's reactions um, and how much time it took him to come to terms with everything. And, you know, he kind of isn't really able to come to terms with things. Um, but I thought that was just done so perfectly. It's so well done. My number seven reason to love this drama is the girl who plays the bully and the whole bullying stuff. So at the very beginning of the show, uh, So Young, the, the mean girl, you know, she's a really big part of the reason that Unbi tries to kill herself. And then uh, So Young, her dad transfers to Seoul and she ends up turning up to this school as a new student. And Unbi has to struggle with the fact that So Young is pretty fucking sure that that is Unbi, this girl that has basically, everyone knows back home in her hometown that So Young bullied a girl and made her kill herself. So it has completely ruined So Young's life. Of course it should, you know, that is absolutely right. But now she gets so doggedly fixated on the fact that this girl who died and has ruined her life might not actually be dead. And so obviously because So Young is such a bully, she feels like she's been framed, she's been made into a victim and her new mission is to you know, put cracks in Unbi and make sure everyone knows the truth that Unbi is really this girl from this other town. Um, and it is vicious. And it also becomes this real tug, like this tug of war. It's really full on because Unbi is different to how she used to be. She's not isolated and alone. She now has a group of friends who stand up for her. And she also has this kind of armor on her, which is her sister's personality. You know, she she's kind of able to tap into the idea of who this, it's like she's playing a character, I suppose. She's playing the character of her sister and her sister is someone who would never, ever fucking let herself get bullied. So Unbi tries her best to sort of try on that sister personality and fight back against So Young. And it's satisfying when she's able to do it, but also, you know, Unbi is very vulnerable and this isn't naturally what she's sort of good at she has just been pushed to the brink of suicide by this girl and she is very very afraid of her so the whole push and pull between those two girls I think is done really really well it is you know it's fully scary bullying stuff but it's very interesting and one of the things that is interesting about it is that so young the mean girl her character does sort of get explored so you realize that she has become a total like pariah of you know that city port um town place where they used to live because of what she's done so she's experienced a taste of being that bullied girl on the outside and now when she comes for her fresh start in Seoul because Unbi's there it all starts up again and because Unbi has such a close group of friends trying to protect her including like um the two boys um Taeguang and Yian who are both constantly standing up for her and helping her, but also not taking away Unbi's agency to deal with the problem herself, I might add, which I also liked. Um, but it means that So Young is quite often, the mean girl is quite often put on the back foot and she ends up 
you know, being the outcast, being the one that everyone looks down on and thinks is terrible and in a way gets a taste of her own medicine, I suppose. And we also expand outward with her character to see a little bit of what her home life is. And it is fucking not nice. So she is basically, you know, really rich parents and a really harsh dad with high expectations. And she's just the shit daughter who can't do anything right. Um, So it's very interesting to kind of see her backstory and sort of see a little bit of her home life to understand why she might have become such a completely cruel young woman um so I really liked that the ending is I guess the ending between So Young and Unbi is is interesting as well there's not like full forgiveness or anything but So Young is kind of driven to a point and I think believably so that she wishes none of it had happened and realizes that what she did wasn't really very fucking great so I did really like that whole storyline I liked that it isn't a you know tied up with a bow happy roses sort of ending Um, but at the same time there is a sense of an ending there which I really liked so yeah, I think she's really good. The The actual actress, Jo Soo-hyung, is interestingly enough starring at the moment in Tale of Noctu, um, as I record this in 2019, with Kim Soo-hyung again, um, Kim Soo-hyun, sorry, again, um, starring in that. But this time Jo Soo-hyung is playing, um, you know, a, a good, interesting, complex, interesting sort of good character. So it's kind of nice to see her in a different type of role. I think she's got a very striking face. She's very beautiful, but in a kind of a very striking, unique sort of way. And um, yeah, I'm interested to see her in other shows. I think she's very, very good in this. Number eight for me is the second leg of the love triangle, so Taeguang, played by Yuk Sung Jae. So it's interesting because there was just such a sort of, you know, online from the comments and all everything that everyone has ever said online about this drama has always as far as I can see, being that Umbi picks the wrong guy to love, I suppose. She picks the wrong dude in the love triangle. So Taeguang is definitely like second male lead in this drama. So it was always obvious <laughs> which way Umbi's affection was going to go. Um, but, you know, I've been on that whole buzz of, uh, you know, wishing the main character, the main female lead would get with the second male lead um, character and you know it's very heartbreaking if you really really want that to happen and it doesn't um so I can totally um what's the word empathize (laughs) with people that were kind of on that ship which obviously totally didn't sail and I do think Taeguang like he's a great character in this he's very interesting he's got his own sort of you know tragic backstory you know poor little rich boy kind of thing and he's and I can totally see why he's so fixated on Unbi because she is a kind girl and she gives him the time of day and she listens to him and they do connect with each other and they get along really well. And I do feel like their friendship is really, really solid. And when you look at Taeguang, he doesn't really have a lot of other things going on in his life. And I think it must be really, really difficult for him, um, you know, that character in the drama, because he keeps looking at Han Yian, you know, the other boy in this sort of fight for Unbi affections and Han Yan has everything you know he's really popular he's this you know on the verge of being this famous swimmer or whatever and you know like oh everyone likes him he's got heaps of friends he's just living this great life and Taeguang feels like he doesn't have anything um so it is an interesting kind of conflict. And I think emotionally Taeguang is quite adrift and alone. So I, I can really see that connection between him and Unbi. Um, so I do really like it. Um, it is interesting when you see that huge wave of sort of like netizen sort of, I, I guess, you know, everyone's going for the second Maoli. Like everyone wants her to get with him and it didn't happen. And I think that that probably turned a lot of people off the drama. You know, I have seen, um, you know, I, I've got Instagram, um, you know, where I put up a picture, I think, of um, Yian and Unbi and stuff. And people were just like, you know, nope, it has to be Taeguang. I didn't even like the drama because of the way that it ended. So it's really interesting how, I guess, fervent fans can be. And I totally get that and feel that because I know I've done the same on other dramas, of course. Um, I just feel like I was really lucky in this case because I did board the correct ship that 
you know, was the direction that the heroine's feelings were sailing. So that was really nice for me. And it's one of the reasons I love this drama so much, because I, I do think the love triangle is just so perfect, you know, and I think a love triangle where the second male lead isn't a viable option and doesn't really have a good kind of hold on the heroine's feelings. It's it's not going to be as effective as something like this, where both of those boys are really good. They're both really good. They're both really good options for Unbi, and it's more just that her heart particularly turned in one direction, even against her control. And even, you know, if she'd picked Taeguang, her life would have been a lot less complicated. Um, but she couldn't. She can't help who she loves, and it is Yan, even with all the complications and you know misery that that brings into her life. So it's a very good love triangle, and I think Taeguang was an excellent second male lead in this drama. My number nine reason is a direct continuation of what I just said, which is I love that she chooses Nam Ju Hyuk at the end of this show. And I feel like if she had picked the other guy and not the guy that I loved, I would have been really sad and it would have tainted the way that I felt about this show, which would have been such a shame because to me, it is such a perfect kind of melodrama youth drama. It's so good. So that is my number nine reason. And my final number 10 reason to love Who Are You School 2015 is the found family vibes. Um, so that idea, I really love it as a theme in a story. The idea that, you know, maybe your family, your true family isn't necessarily who you were born to. Or maybe you don't have anyone left around you that you were born to like Unbi does in this drama. And I love the idea that you can create a family of non-blood related people and it is going to be just as strong and real and true a connection as if it were. I think it's such a beautiful thing. The relationship with um, between the mum character and Unbi in this show is so moving. You know, a huge part of yeah, I guess like that, that the really moving emotional aspects of this show come from their relationship and particularly come from the fact that Unbi is so desperate to have this love and connection and family and suddenly she does, but it still doesn't really feel like it's hers because really it's her sister's and she's faking it, you know? It's such a wonderful kind of conflict for her to have. Everything she's ever wanted at her fingertips, but really none of it's hers. So the end of the drama is the mother, I really love it. The mum actually apologizes to Unbi and says that she's really sorry for making her live as Unbyol all that time. And that they decide they won't do that anymore. They're going to pull her out of school, send her to a different school under her real name and let her live as herself and be whoever she wants to be. And it's this really poignant, beautiful moment of Unbi finally realizing that this life that she's been pretending to have is hers. It's really hers and she gets to keep it, you know? It's not just a temporary fix. Um, so I really loved it and I just loved that found family thing with her mum and how close her relationship is with her mum. It's just really beautiful, I guess, how solid that family becomes. Um, so yeah, that's really moving. And then in my very last one, I will just talk about the ending in a second. So that was my 10 reasons to love uh, Who Are You School 2015. And just before I finish up this little discussion, I just want to talk quickly about the ending. Um, the ending for me was I really, really liked it. I felt very satisfied by all the loose threads that get tied up. Um, there isn't like a big reunion, like a big romantic thing between Unbi and Han Yan, but it's clear by the last scene that she's sort of coming back to him and that he has cleaned up all his you know emotional conflicted problems and he's ready to be with Unbi and not Unbyol so it's it's a really nice even you know like a little bit of a subtle ending that isn't hugely thrown in your face that they're gonna date or anything and um I really liked all the family stuff and I really loved all the fresh start and be getting to be herself at the end of the drama was really satisfying 
The only thing that I don't love about this show, and I'm not really sure how they could have fixed it, like I get why the writers chose to do this, but there was a part of me with the whole mystery, it's very, very dark throughout. And when the twin sister who's been missing the whole show, presumed dead, Unbyol, suddenly pops back up and is completely alive, it does kind of break that really deep, dark tension of the show. Um... Because it's very, you know, not that the show is hugely realistic, but that particular thing is very, you know, it's very unrealistic that she's just fine. Where's she been? What's she been doing? Why'd she have any money? But, you know, it doesn't matter. And then, of course, Unbyol comes back. She gets to bond with Unbi, but she also decides for whatever reason that she wants to study overseas. And it's all like kind of just a writing contrivance to... You have to bring Unbyol back alive because otherwise Hanyan will never ever fucking be able to be in love with Unbi. Whether he is or not, he will never be able to allow himself to feel that way or just follow those feelings because the guilt would just be too fucking extreme. Um, so I feel like Unbyol just gets brought back simply to enable Hanyan to, you know, sort out these conflicted feelings he has and enable him to have a fresh start with Unbi, which of course creates a happy ending. It also gets rid of this, you know, this really intense darkness of grief in this little found family with Unbi and her new mum, because Unbiol comes home and, you know, her mum and Unbiol can be you know, a family again. And she just has two daughters now instead of one. So there isn't this kind of undercurrent of grief, um, kind of, I guess, tainting what they have. So I can see why the writers did it because they wanted to have a very hopeful, happy ending. But at the same time, it's definitely a writing contrivance. Like it's just, it's done because of tying up the ending. It's not done because of Unbyol as a character needing to be a part of anything. Basically, she gets brought back and then she just gets shipped off overseas within, you know, really quickly because you can't really have her in the drama. She's not really needed for any of the main stories or the main, um, you know, relationships. She just needs to not be dead to enable those relationships to blossom. So I kind of felt a little bit cheated by her coming back because I thought that I, you know, I think it would have been really brave to kill her off, I guess, from a writing point of view, like to go down that very dark route and leave her dead. Like she is dead for most of the drama. You really think she is. And I wish they could have kind of just followed that through. And you know, maybe even there could have been something like, um, in terms of Hanyan, I get why they brought Unbyol back because I just don't know how he could get over this intense guilt otherwise. But maybe there could have been a flash forward, you know, a few years, give him a few years to grieve losing something and then let him re-meet Unbi. And, you know, I'm not a fan of the jump forward in years and the forced separation. But in this case, you know, if you're grieving someone, it is probably the correct thing to do. And then maybe he could have met Unbi again when she's under her own name in the future, like maybe at university. And they could have rekindled, you know, something that had sort of been on hiatus for a while. And I just think that the drama is at its best when it really is juggling I guess the, that melodramatic kind of aspect of what does it mean if if your twin is dead and you're living her life and you're happy how does that make you feel like it makes you feel fucking guilty and if you're a young guy and you used to be in love with someone who's dead but you didn't even notice they were dead like how does that make you feel it makes you feel miserable and guilty and I feel like it undercuts these very real and raw emotions that the whole drama is built on just by having Unbyol pop back up like a daisy from the dead so that everything can resolve really well. But in saying that, the ending is very satisfying and you really, really, really love these characters by the end. So the fact that that does happen is almost a relief because you want them to be happy. And Unbyol popping back up from the dead enables everyone to have a very quick fix of their problems. So I'm kind of in two minds of it. I think the the author in me is like, eh, that was a cheap, a cheap twist, you know, to wrap up everything neatly. And the drama should have followed through on that really angsty, deep, dark, gritty writing and followed it through to the end and seen where it could have led them because it is a fascinating journey that would have happened if Unbyol had remained dead and been truly dead. But then I think the K-drama 
kind of fan in me is just like, I'm just so glad there was a happy ending. It was beautiful. I'm so glad that these characters that I adore can be happy really quickly and not have to wait 10 years to get over their <laughs> problems so they can be together. So yeah, I'm a bit conflicted by it, but in terms of the whole drama and how perfect the show is and how much I love it, like that one little fault that I have with it is such a small blip in the scheme of actually watching the whole show. So I think if you're into youth dramas, um, you should definitely, definitely give this a go. Um, but if you get on the wrong <laughs> love triangle ship, then you're probably doomed and I feel very sorry for you. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to my discussion, 10 Reasons to Love, Who Are You, School 2015. Alright, so my random thing of the week is a continuation on some of the themes from the drama, which is shipping the wrong couple and how completely gut-wrenching that can be. Um, I think if you, I mean, I know some people don't watch K-dramas just for the romantic elements and maybe you come to K-dramas from a very different aspect, but if that is something that you adore about shows and if you do like love triangles, like I love watching a love triangle, but I hate when I like the wrong guy basically and he ends up you know sad and alone so I've got a few examples of when that has happened to me in such an intense way like and I don't just mean like oh that's really shitty that she didn't pick the one that I like I mean like I feel like really emotionally upset <laughs> like super upset and even when I think about these dramas it still makes me feel upset so the first one, um, probably the first time that this ever happened to me was when I watched Sung Kyung Kwan Scandal. Sung Kyung Kwan Scandal. Man, that's a hard word to say. So this was probably my first ever Saguk drama, which is, you know, that's pretty intense. I watched this back in my early days of K-drama viewing and... Um, yeah, I totally jumped on the wrong ship in this drama. So this drama stars Park Min Young, who is beautiful and amazing in it. And the main male lead is Park Yu-chan, who, of course, is a very controversial figure now after many years of being very famous. He is less so now. Anyway. Um, at the time, I absolutely fell in love with the idea of Park Min Young getting with Yu Ah In, who played the second male lead. He plays, you know, like the cool kind of um, silent warrior type. He's like running around doing justice and he's a warrior with a sword. And I just, I loved it. And I was, you know, in probably my early drama viewing days enough to not really understand the framework of a K-drama that if, you know, Park Yu Chan is the main male lead, then he's going to end up with the girl. So I kept watching this, just waiting, hoping, desperately hoping. And um, obviously she doesn't pick you are in. I don't think she even really likes him, you know, in that way, in the drama. Um, but I fell in love with him and his, you know, just blind adoration of her and the quiet sort of self-suffering way that he does it, I suppose. So honestly, it murdered my heart. So that was the very first time it happened. Um, one of my other big memories of feeling that way was when I was watching Reply 1994, which is, of course, part of the Reply series. I've seen each of those dramas and like a huge big sort of hook that all these dramas rely on is this sort of flash forward to the future and trying to figure out who the heroine ends up marrying. So like the love triangle is a really big thing. Um, Reply 1994 absolutely killed me because um, like probably everyone else who was watching it, I fell in love with the character Chil Bongi, who is played by Yu Yon Sok. Uh, Yu Yon Sok, yes. Um, and he is so good in this. Um, I didn't even really like the female lead that much. I don't, I've watched Goara in so many dramas and I just don't even know if I really like her. Um, I tried to like her, <laughs> um, but it killed me. It, it absolutely killed me. And this drama particularly, you know, the Reply series is very much um, kind of fake outs. You know, they really make you think that it could be either boy and it definitely isn't. So that one really murdered me. And then the next one was the Bloody Next Reply show, which was 1988. So Reply 1988. And once again, um, 
you know, I, I just really, really liked the wrong male lead and was so upset this time. So I was shipping Ru Jun Yol is the character who was playing. Oh, sorry. That's the actor who was playing the character Jung Hwan. And Jung Hwan, at the end of that drama, he has this scene where he, in front of all his friends, you know, he tells her that he's in love with her and then he just pretends it's a joke. And then he goes and sits in his car and fucking cries in the rain. And I was dying it was the worst shit ever so I like those are the kinds um those two dramas particularly I think I didn't like it you know I get what was going on in Sang Guan scandal like that was just it was a proper love triangle it was done well but the two reply shows I feel like they were relying so much on fake outs to you know it was just like they wanted you to not know and I kind of didn't like that. I didn't like the way it was done and it kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth. And even though I think both of those shows are really, really good, I didn't like the way that they purposely manipulate, manipulated and played with my emotions as a viewer um, because I think it was less about the story then and what was right for the story and more about making us uh, confused, I suppose, and making us not know which one it's going to be and pointing to the opposite one for particularly the reason to shock us. And I hate when a story sets out to shock a watcher or a reader or a viewer or whatever instead of just telling a really good story. So even though I think both of those dramas are really good and I was completely addicted, I did kind of get a bad taste in my mouth about both of those. And then the other ones where this, you know, horrible shipping the wrong couple has happened would be Cheese in the Trap, which I've talked about on the drama before. I absolutely love So Kung Joon in that. And I really wanted him and Kim Goen to end up together. I also feel like that would have been a much healthier relationship in Cheese in the Trap than the one that happened or didn't happen at the end. And then, of course, the relationship that never was um, in the K-drama Save Me, which I've done <laughs> a whole podcast ranting about. So I won't do that again here. So that is my random thing of the week. I would be super, super interested if any listeners have had that exact same experience, not necessarily with those dramas, um, maybe even with Who Are You School 2015, but have you guys ever, you know, just adored a drama, but then the wrong couple ended up together? Did you ship the wrong person? I would be really keen to know, um, just because I... I don't know. I really, really love that kind of stuff. I love love triangles. And I do think it's really interesting the way people, you know, I guess it's a taste thing, isn't it? People end up going for different couples. So yeah, please let me know if that is the case. I would love to know.